This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 163, submission 003, Roller Games. Roller Games aired in syndication from September 16, 1989 to 1990 and recently returned in reruns on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 in 2020. Roller Games. Roller Games. Direct from the Super Roller Dome. It's Roller Games. I want my Rock and Roll again. Rock, 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 games. rock, 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 that brought a tear to my eye. That's, it did. That was that's, lovely. That theme song is a bop. Yeah. The whole thing is a giant bop. Oh my gosh. This was this was my jam back in the day. Oh yeah. I'm old enough to remember when Roller Games and American Gladiators aired back to back on stations and I would watch it. Oh my gosh. You or have- actually, a true true story. It would be it's like WWF superstars. Then American Gladiators, then Roller Games. Well, here I know WWE Superstars aired on Saturdays on Fox 5 at noon, and then American Gladiators at 1. I'm not sure where Roller Games aired in New York. I'm going to guess maybe WPAX, probably. Probably. Because it would make sense if they aired it opposite, because WPAX at the time was airing WCW Pro at the time, or WCW Worldwide. You guys live (laughs) such charmed lives. Uh, we, we did not have any of those consecutive. I don't know where the wrestling aired, but I know it wasn't uh, at all with Roller Games and also with American Gladiators. Roller Games here was, I want to say, it must have been Friday at 8 o'clock. So I don't think it aired on Thursday because I think at that point Fox had a Thursday night lineup. And then American Gladiators was on at 11 o'clock on Saturday nights. That was your competition to SNL, essentially, or the first half hour of SNL. Wow. Well, that's a good competition. Yeah. I mean, it stayed there for like, what, seven, eight years. Uh, Do I watch Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, or do I watch like Gemini and Nitro? Tough call. You watch American Gladiators, and then you switch over after the musical act on SNL, and you watch... Uh, weekend update and the uh, the second half of the show. Whether it's Dennis Miller or Kevin Nealon, whatever. So, what was Roller Games? Besides what? awesome? Besides, Besides awesome. amazing. Yeah. Roller Games took place in an arena called the Super Roller Dome, which, according to Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, was actually an airport hangar. And instead of a banked oval track like in traditional roller derby, a figure eight track was used where one side was heavily banked, which included obstacles such as the wall of death, which was located that on was the, the banked ha- side. Yes, the bank side and the jet jump were the only ones who could score during the 45 second scoring cycle 
were the Jetters, who wore helmets and got six points if they got above the top of the line of the wall for three steps on the wall of death without going over, and two points if they got between the two lines for three steps. The Jet Jump had a 12-foot marker that allowed six points if the Jetter got past it, and two of the Jetter landed in front of it. In either case, the Jetter had to land safely. Also, there were only four skaters on the track at a time instead of the usual five. The rest of the cycle involved traditional roller derby elements of scoring, such as one point for every opponent lapped, and the players got as many 45-second cycles as possible within four six-minute quarters, cut down from eight 12-minute periods in traditional roller derby. The team with the most points won, and the last cycle went the full 45 seconds regardless of what the period clock said. And as a tiebreaker, the two skaters would skate around a pit full of alligators. The alligator pit is, oh. Billy had live gators in the alligator pit the one time, though. Yeah, in the first episode. Because they said, they make a whole thing in the first episode about how controversial the alligator pit is. Like, oh, we these alligators, they're so hungry. It's like, oh, we can't have them all the time. We can only have them during sudden death. So the first skater to skate around the pit five times or to throw his or her opponent into the alligator pit was declared the winner. The debut episode, of course, was the only time the live alligators were used, as no ties ever happened after that. Although a quote-unquote news report featured another tiebreaker. The episode revealed one of the rare times that the... Well, we'll talk about spoilers later on in the episode. But this episode, in the first episode, was one of the rare times the T-Birds lost the championship with the Violators taking it, although later footage revealed that Skull, the manager of the Violators, cheated by interfering. How dare he? That would be Chuck Skull of the Violators, yeah. Yeah. Cheating? Unheard of. Cheating? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Instead of a penalty box, skaters that committed misdemeanors sat in the penalty pod, one of which was located on either side of the broadcast booth. And because the rule said that there were always four skaters on the track, a jetter got one bonus point each time they passed the skater inside the pod. The referee would frequently refer to the penalty pod as quote-unquote jail and would tell skaters who got a penalty to go sit down. So, there you go. And apparently he also had the sanction to fine players and... Wait, a referee has authority to to fine players? Yeah, where's the commissioner? Is the commissioner asleep or something? Uh, the commissioner is, uh, he, the commissioner is a horse's ass. So, now we got your rules, now you have your teams. So we have six teams in roller games. First, you have your three babyface teams, which make up the Western Alliance. And the first team you have is the T-Birds. Legendary. The Los Angeles T-Birds. Yes. The legendary it's like the latest it's the latest sort of iteration of the legendary Los Angeles Thunderbirds. Yes. It, it, it's sort of like if you're starting a new league, if you're bringing aboard, like, let's say we're starting a new basketball league and somehow you would get the L.A. Lakers to join. It's sort of like that. Yeah. It, it's a huge pickup. And on the Los Angeles Thunderbirds, Managed by William Griffiths Jr. For the men, we have Dynamite Daryl Davis, Bill Blockbuster Biffis, 
Adam Speedy Gonzalez, Matt Stars and Stripes Bickham, Robert the Icebox Smith, and Ralphie Valadaris. Who's like an absolute legend. He is a beast. He, he might be the best known player, maybe not just in roller games, but in like all of roller derby. But oh. ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. ever. Oh, yeah. Actually, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, who we've talked about many times on this podcast, was a big fan of roller derby as a kid. And he told a story in an interview with, well, I guess I can say he's one of my Facebook friends, Rob Naylor, on a shoot interview on highspots.com, where he talks about Ralphie Valadaris and Georgia Haas and everyone from roller games. And, uh, oh, we we'll haven't play... gotten to Georgia Haas yet. Before. Yeah, we'll get into that later, but we'll play it right here. This is a fun story. Roller derby, when I was a kid, roller derby or roller games would come on before wrestling. And I don't remember much. I remember Randy Whitman, I remember Georgia Haas, and I remember Ralphie Valadares, right. this old, little old Pat Patterson looking guy at the time who had great speed for his age. And like, well, he I was watched awesome. this. He was really great in the 50s. Like, like, like incredible. Yeah. When they did the shoot, because one, one year in 59, yeah. okay, in 1959, the, the, the roller derby started like in. 35 and it became kind of what it was in the 40s mm-hmm. the, the game thing sure and it was like a work thing like wrestling yeah so it got really big on tv in the 50s and then after the 50s after about 52 they, they had canceled by abc and they were struggling and struggling and struggling so by 59 it was about to go out of business and the owner just goes the way to bring it back is to make it real you know that's the problem it's not real and so so the one real roller <laughs> so so one oh, season no. one season they, they they shoot roller derby. It was it was shoot. Well, you know they did when I was a kid going. They would have shoot games because we, we, they would do the training school games. So we would get like on the Saturday night game at the Cow Palace or the Coliseum. And and this is you know they true. There's always ten thousand or more people yeah. there on the Saturday night game. And so they would have the game would start at eight, but at seven we would get the they called it the junior roller derby. And what it was was the training school guys, but it was a complete shoot. Yeah, and we could tell it was a complete shoot. It was a different game. But but anyway, so this the '59 season when they made it a shoot. Charlie O'Connell, who was the all-time legend of the roller derby, right? Yes. Okay, he and Ralphie Valadez were on the, the same team. I think it was probably the Bay Bombers, mm-hmm. and they went to New York against the Chiefs. And it's like, as a shoot, they would win like 101 to 13, and it was just like, oh my god, this was the worst idea in the world. Shoot, but, but 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 but. But Ralphie Valadares was, like, legit. And for the women, we have Gwen Skinny Minnie Miller, Gina Go-Go Gonzalez, Debbie the Corker McCorkle, Electric Randy Whitman, and the Van Galder twins, Jennifer and Christine. And one of the most controversial things throughout the whole series of Roar Games is they have this angle where when they were drafted, they were collectively picked as one unit and not as two separate players. And that really pisses off Georgia Haas so much that at one point in the show, they get put on different teams. Hey, Greg. What? What doesn't piss off Georgia Haas? Oh, yeah. Everything pisses off Georgia Haas. But but it's like, okay, this is, I guess I can see Georgia Haas's point in how the T-Birds drafted them as one player and not as two separate players. I mean, it's not like a case where they were free agents, like, say, the Statsney brothers with the Quebec Nordiques back in the day. Ooh, deep cut. Yeah. 
Well, second time in a month, less than a month, I've mentioned the Stansny brothers on a podcast since I've mentioned them in the Mighty Ducks Game Changers podcast they do on Voice of Me Nation Bob. Considering, yo, Chico, you want to talk about those Czech brothers that are on Mighty Ducks Game Changers now? I do, I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, don't speak a word of English. I just finished watching that episode, but that's another podcast. Yeah, you can go listen to that over the pop feed. All right, so now we have our second face team, the Rockers. No, 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 no. Not those rockers. And on the rockers we have, for the men, Mike the California Kid Flanagan, Rockin' Ray Robles, Holly Masterson, Roland Rocker Brian Jacobson, Art Bam Bam May, and John Rodriguez. For the ladies, we have Darlene Dar the Star Langlois, Lady D Donna Young, Deadly Debbie Dan Van Doren, Queenie Mabe Cromie, Tammy Contreras, and Lolly Waterman. Yeah, that's... They were certainly rocking all right. Mm-hmm. And the final babyface team? Hot Flash, managed by Juan Valdez Lopez. We're not, we're not even making that up. He's like a captain sort of thing. He's like dressed like he's a captain. Uh, again, we're not making this up. We're not making this up. This actually happens. <laughs> uh, for the men, we have Bren Flash Bichura, Jerry Kahuna Reese, Robert Cass McEntee, Harold Iceman Caldwell, Ben Newberg, and Billy Hot Wheels Marshall. For the ladies, we have Vicky Sly Fox McEwen, Party Patty Fraser, Sassy Gita Valadares, relation the, to Ralphie. The daughter of Ralphie Valadares. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense that, that Gina is a daughter to, to Ralphie. Irish Mary Monahan, Wendy Wendy Holbert, Tammy Hansen, and Laura Stafford. Yeah, and in fact, Tammy Hansen actually has some songs on the Roller Game soundtrack. We'll bring yeah, up the she... Roller Game soundtrack a bit later. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. We are going to talk about that. And now you have your three baby face teams, and now you have your three heel teams that make up the Eastern Empire. And, well, you can't go with talking about the Eastern Empire without talking about Bad Attitude and their manager, Miss Georgia Haas. Ms. Georgia Ms. Haas. Oh, yeah, Ms. Georgia Haas, because she won't let you forget it. Don't you forget it! Yeah. In fact, anyway. For the men, we have Bernie Monster Man Jackson, David Dr. Fu Aris Mendez, Bulldog Scott Casto, Pete Ninja Christensen, Todd Stern, and Charlie Saunders. For the ladies, Latin Spitfire Patsy Delgado, Lyle the Brat Morse, the Bopper Gail Bowers, Margaret Hot Rod Christopher, the Tank Marty Smith, and Sadie Crestman. Now, we were talking about Chuck Skull earlier. He is the manager of the Violators. Violators consist of... Harold, Mr. Mean Jackson, Tony the Enforcer Trujillo, Greg Killer Robertson, Rob Shifty Sendejas, Bill the Hook Holgreed, and that was it. That's the only team with five instead of six. Yeah. Also, I should note, Harold, Mr. Mean Jackson, his brother, of course, Bernie Monster Man Jackson on Bad Attitude. And for the ladies, we have Sweet Stephanie Garcia, Paula the Flea Wilson, Vicky Orgill, Lauren Sidecar Hallowell, and Nasty Nancy 
Wilkinson. What a name. Nance, nasty Nancy Nasty Wilkinson. Nancy. Mm. And then we have our final heel team, the Maniacs. Led by John Guru Drew, yep. who's a who's a he's leads his team by astrology, and he trains his team in Central America because it's the eighties. He's crazy. He's nuts. Okay, we have for the men: Little Richard Brown, Steve Sunset, Stevie Santion, the Mercenary Mike Dark, Wildfire Bob Barris, Crazy Dave Vesero, and Kevin Ross. For the ladies, Denise Spider-Green, the Blonde Bomber, Lori Welkel, Masako Arigi, Liz Ard, that's, I am not making that name up. Liz Ard. Liz Ard. And Monica Big Mo Garcia. Jeez. Wow. That is amazing. These are crazies. These are crazies. Oh, I should note that... The director for Roller Games is actually a very legendary name in sports broadcasting. Chet Forte, who was best known as the director in the early years of Monday Night Football. And he was actually the director of the entire run of Roller Games. Yes. He added his software to uh, William Griffith Sr.'s Roller Games hardware and then you throw in the producers David Sams and Michael Miller. Oh yeah. And that is That's magic. That's magic. Yeah. And of course David Sams on color commentary for the show with Chuck Underwood. Oh, what a great play by play and color commentary duo they were. Welcome to the Fastlane Figure 8 World of Roller Games, which tonight is going to be showcasing two rattlesnakes in the league, the Maniacs and the Violators. It's going to be an all-out war, Chuck, as bad guy takes on batter guy tonight. But there's one major thing to look out for. Simply put, the T-Bird Twins. One has reported to the Maniacs and one to the Violators. And both are stunned by those developments. Oh, indeed they were, Greg. Oh, legendary. Oh, but, yeah. weren't alone, but they weren't alone, you see. We also had a, t- a former TV reporter by the name of Shelley Jamison as a uh, sideline correspondent. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah, Shelley Jamison. Let's talk about how she made her well, name. Well, yeah. Now, she is, a, she is a very intelligent woman. She majored in broadcast journalism at Arizona State. She has a pedigree as a producer, reporter, and anchor on what is now Fox 10 in Phoenix. But then she appeared both clothed and nude in Playboy in July of 89. And she predicted, correctly I might add, that she would be fired from her station. Now, she wasn't fired, but she did leave. But on the bright side... She got picked up as a result for this show. And then you have Roller Sports Central, which is sort of like a halftime segment. And it was hosted by Wally George, who is best known as, quote, the father of combat TV. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These segments are so great. Basically. It's, It's like the segment on Family Guy with Peter. You know what grinds my gears? Yeah, he was a very conservative. He was a very conservative fellow. 
not even lying. He was known as Mr. Conservative, Mr. America, Mr. That guy with the with the thing, and yeah, he 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 was just, you know, Mr. Conservative Radio, and now he's doing this, but he did it so well. He did do it so well. He did. And the best part is, in one of the episodes, he has a Wally George doll. But Mike, say what what the Wally George doll is. Oh boy, I don't know if I can say this with a straight face. Don't, don't even try, Mike. I, I yeah, try. it's not even worth uh, trying to hold back. It was a Mr. Game Show doll. <laughs> it was a modified Mr. Game Show doll. With blonde hair. You think we're kidding, but we're not. He had a modified Mr. Game Show doll with blonde hair because Mr. Game Show had black hair. Yeah, I, I wish I was kidding. I'm not. Where did you go in 1989 to custom your uh, Mr. Game Show? Or maybe he just customed it his himself. Got to a hobby shop, got the uh, blonde hair paint, painted all over it. Yeah, it's not that hard to get blonde colored paint. It's probably something you can get done in an afternoon. Ooh, that really curdles my yogurt. <laughs> oh, stop it already! He actually said that during the segment. Not even that really time. curdles my yogurt. Boy, that really curdles my yogurt. We mentioned the teams, we mentioned the producers, we mentioned the format, we mentioned the cast. I guess the only thing we have to, we have to get this out of the way right now. Because I, I spent like the better part of half a day thinking about this. One of the questions that people watching roller games back in the day were probably going to uh, ask themselves is... Is roller games real? Well, the answer to that question, no. No, no of it course is not. not. It is not real. The, the World Alliance of Roller Sports that supposedly governs the roller games, well, that's a sticky question because that is the name of the company that owns roller games. Yeah, David Sams owns that. David, David Sa- That's basically David Sams doing business as the World Alliance of Roller Sports. But as an entity, as an entity, no. It's not real. No. No. You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. Hey, you're a great big phony, you know that? That's right. You're a big fat phony. So yeah, it's phony. Everything is nice and choreographed. It's a ballet on roller skates, but a very entertaining one. Yeah, but there's some stuff you can't fake. I'm thinking of stuff that I saw uh, when it originally aired, but also the reruns we talked about last year since we didn't have sports because of that little COVID thing. One thing I remember, big takeaway, was when the Jetters went up the ramp, not the ramp, but rather uh, up the wall, the, the, wall the, the, 12 foot, the 12 foot wall where they had to take three steps above there's two different lines and you got more points if you went one line uh, the, 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 compared to the other one time 
the the jetter was jetted so hard they went over oh. the the railing and it was like a 20 foot drop i'm not even kidding oh. I... that's gotta hurt and it did air on the, the fox rerun the fox sports rerun last year uh and yeah they were they, they landed on their back they were in a bit of pain and i remember they got some emts back there to uh, check out i remember what team it was for who got injured but yeah that's yeah and thing is if it's an airport hangar like we mentioned uh there's probably concrete down below and hopefully there was padding there or they were in pain for a very long time oh yeah but it's just interesting you mentioned that it was done in an airport hangar because airport hangars are actually used for productions more often than maybe we give them credit for i'm thinking specifically the new supermarket sweep that was done in an airport hangar Yes, it was. And, and trust me, after going to uh, a couple of hangers this week uh, for work, yeah, they're big enough to do a, a television production. They are beyond mammoth. But yeah, my big takeaways from roller games, one, the person going over the railing while being jetted up and, uh, and falling probably, again, 12, 15, 20 feet, but also... Wally George with the modified Mr. Game Show. Oh, boy. That was great. Actually, my favorite moment of Roar Games is in episode 10 between the uh, T-Birds and the Violators where the icebox has a big injury and it's like they don't think the icebox is going to make it out for the game. And in the middle of the game, he returns. So it's 83 to 63. My good goodness gracious! Of all the dramatic things I've ever seen! And the T-Birds come back to beat the Violators. But, oh, oh my, well, there's some shenanigans because Mr. Bean is angry at Ralphie Varadaris because the Violators lost and the Icebox throws Mr. Bean into the alligator pit. And he's all wet and he's all pissed. And it's so great. You know what? I'm going to play it here for you right now. Hold on a second. Because I have it set up. This is so great. Oh, God. Here we go. He took at the hands of Little Ralphie. Yes, 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 The T-Birds win. Oh, here we go. The Battle of the Bulls versus the Mr. Sadistic Mr. Barbell. Oh, come on. Oh, you cannot choke the living legend. Oh, Mr. Just dumped him into the alligator pit. You you cannot choke the living legend. You can't. No. And David Sams is just so great in this. That is like so great. Oh my His reaction goodness. to Mr. Mean going into the freaking alligator pit is so legendary. Wow. Again, you don't screw around with Ralphie Valadaris. He's that much of a legend in the game. He is. Yeah. You don't do that. No. It's like messing with Wayne Gretzky. Oh, oh, that's a sin and a half right there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you don't tug on Superman's cape. And you don't mess around with Jim. Sorry. And you don't spit in the wind either. Yeah, you're right. Interesting thing about the roller games is they, aside from... 
the uh, halftime report. They also had. Oh, halftime they also shows. Had, uh, halftime shows, and that would be like the late '80s, early '90s. Who's who of rock, pop, and freestyle. Yeah, uh, my dad would have loved this. You know how much my dad loves halftime shows. Oh, God, he loves halftime shows. Oh, Warrant was on an episode. Of uh, the Fox airings. Yeah, they, they were all to, telescoped out. They were all telescoped out because, for rights and whatnot, because, again, replaying all those songs costs money. Yeah. And this is a rerun, and it's... uh cheap yeah. one at that yeah they had lita ford wow and another thing is they did not telescope all of the halftime shows out because no. one of them at least one of them involved tammy hansen yes so that's my takeaway cool like my d was on roller games cool mo d was on roller games man cool mo d Wild Wild West, come on, let's go! Oh, D's nuts. That's what Mr. Bean got when he got into the alligator bed. D's nuts from the icebox. Well, we should also mention, we, we talked earlier that there was a, a CD. A yes, soundtrack. the soundtrack. And, and actually, with the uh, return... Uh, last year to Fox Sports, they actually made it available for sale over like iTunes. Yeah, oh, I really? actually got it on iTunes. It, you do have, you do have so you have during, the soundtrack. Yes, yeah, it's actually promoted during the the reruns, during the the rebroadcasts. But by no means is that the only uh, merchandise available for roller games. No. Oh gosh, no. You had uh, a video game, an actual coin op version. The arcade version, yes. But also there's a Nintendo version. Yeah, we talked about this. We talked about both of these, actually. Oh, yes, we did. And also there was a single issue, sadly, of Roller Games Magazine. I say sadly because I had that issue, and I had it for years, but I don't know where it's at. I loved Roller Games that much as a kid. But also the big one, Greg. The pinball machine from Williams. The pinball machine is legendary. And they pimped Bally Midway hard in the advertising for the oh, show. Yeah. Yes, they did. You have like Bally Williams signs everywhere with Pepsi yeah. and all the like, all the other sponsors. LA Gear. Pepsi. Oh, yeah, LA Pepsi Gear. Signs. Oh my gosh, that's an 80s thing. LA, oh, yeah. I had some sick LA Gear shoes in elementary Who school. Who didn't back. have sick? LA gear shoes. Boy, I LA cool. lights. I had the shoes that lit up. Oh my god! Look at the little pimp you were back in the day. Yeah. Oh my god! I was a badass in third grade with those shoes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh the, the the roller games pinball machine. I almost bought one four years ago for my basement. Uh, it's just the seller was a bit of a. And uh, it never got back to me after uh, a while. So it's like, okay, we, we didn't have a deal, even though we came up with the price. And yeah, he, he f- apparently forgot about me. And it's like, okay, I'll spend my money elsewhere. But oh my gosh, I wanted that machine so badly. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into more details once we uh, get to the, it was a pinball machine episode 
in the very near future. Yes, we'll talk more about the Roller Games pinball machine next month, but it is legendary. Oh, one thing I want to mention about the Roller Games magazine, it was actually published by London Publishing Company, which at the time was the publishers for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So they knew what they were doing. This wasn't like, you know, Time or Life releasing this magazine. It was something sort of related. Yes. So you had a big time. I mean, London Publishing Company back in the day was very big. I mean, PWI was like a big seller back in the day on the newsstands at this period. Yep. So we talked about the uh, pinball. We've talked about the annual, the only annual. Not even an annual. It was just like a magazine. I mean, yeah. it really wasn't an annual more than it was just a, a, almost like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It was just an issue. Just one issue? Yeah, it, it wasn't like... It a, can't a, be an annual if it's just one issue, right? Well, well, it's not an annual in the sense of annuals I have, where it's actually like either uh, like a hardbound cover or it's a, a little thorough. I, I mean, it's more than, let's say, magazine thickness. There may be 150 pages or 200 pages to it. By no means was the magazine even, I, I don't think it was even 100 pages thick. It, it, was, like, it was like a your, your normal like 60, 70 page magazine. Sorry to disappoint if you're going to look for one. Mm. It might have even been thinner than that because I don't remember it being terribly thick. I mean, it, it, I, I remember it being sort of on the thin side, almost like a comic book size. Hmm. Again, I've got it somewhere, but it's been many, many years since I've seen it. Or, or at least, yeah, I had it at one point. Do I still have it? I wouldn't put money on it. Well, unfortunately, though, roller games, unfortunately, this was very popular, but unfortunately put out way too soon was because the production company went bankrupt. Uh-oh. The uh, Kintex? Yeah. That's not wow. good. Yeah, so it wasn't due to ratings necessarily. It was a little more involved than that. Yeah, yeah like Kintex was sort of an Australian sort of base distributor of the show. And in 1989, the American subsidiary for Kintex filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy and the Australian Stock Exchange suspended the stock shortly. And in November, it went into receivership with debts of over 1.9 billion Australian dollars. Wow. In 1989, money no less. Yep. Can you imagine how much that would be today? Let's just say, wow. No words, just wow. But thankfully, last year, during the pandemic, David Sams remastered all 13 episodes and they were aired on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 during the pandemic last summer. Are they still on? I, I took so. a look on my cable box within the last two or three weeks and no, they're not. I think oh. now that we actually have sports coming back, especially uh, like MLB, since uh, Fox Sports One shows uh, usually two or three uh, MLB games on Saturdays, uh, they, they don't need that filler now. 
that was a good time though last year because you had roller games and you also had this week in baseball reruns with Mel Allen. Oh, the vintage this week in baseball from back in the late seventies through about the late eighties. Yeah, I got yeah, a bunch of them. Game. I got a bunch of them recorded. They were great. Oh yes, and also they, of course, as we mentioned, the soundtrack to roller games was put out on iTunes. But I was watching last Christmas because Fox Sports 2 had a marathon of the entire series of roller games. And it was so fun watching all 13 episodes last Christmas. Can we talk about the soundtrack real quick? Because... Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the soundtrack. We're talking about, like, the best of 89 90s music. And I'll tell you right now, that's that's my era. That's the think, era I grew up in. I don't think we've talked about how great the theme song is. I mean, uh, we've talked no, about we haven't. Day. Let's talk about that theme. Uh, all I said was, uh, D- was what, what was the name of that guy? DC uh, Gestalt or D- something? D- Douglas Cooper Gestalt, I think, is how you pronounce it. Doug- Douglas Cooper Gestalt. The song Rock and Roller Games is a bop. And that was actually going to be the name of the show, Rock and Roller Games, when it was pitched to the owner of Roller Games from back in the day. But they just shortened it to Roller Games. So, Which I think it works, Roller I think, Games. I think just it works sim- too. But the song is great. It is. It is an incredible, incredible song. And I'll tell you right now, the uh, theme song is on the soundtrack on iTunes as is the theme songs to all of the teams and a song called Roller Gator. <laughs> Roller Gator. Roller Gator. And I love the Tammy Hansen theme she did for the Hot Flash is great too. Hit and run. And, and the thing is, watching uh, the uh, episodes, the crowd would actually be singing rock, rock, rock. rock. They'd be into it. That was great. They, they, hey. Yes, they would totally be into it. Now, none of the acts that were actually halftime performers made the soundtrack. Because I have a list of all the acts that made halftime shows. We have the Ramones, Ozzy Osbourne, Lita Ford, Warrant, Deborah Harry. Deborah Harry? Deborah Harry. Wow. Expose. Oh, yeah, Expose, their song is on the uh, Royal oh, Games YouTube oh, channel. I, you know I love Expose. Oh, yeah. I'm all about Miami Freestyle up in here. Oh, yeah, Expose. Cool Modi. Yeah, these nuts. And Henry Lee Summer. I have no idea who that guy is. I have no idea either. Makes three of us. My dad would probably say, oh, that's D-list. <laughs> probably be like, oh, we need to get one D-list guy. Let's put him in on there. Yep. <laughs> And actually, one thing I wanted to add about the Christmas Marathon, it wasn't just 13 episodes once. They aired it for at least 24 straight hours. Yeah. So you got to see like every episode, I think twice. I mean, maybe they only showed one uh, uh, or two, maybe one time. But yeah, you got to see it for 24 hours. And if that wasn't the best Christmas present last year, I don't know what was. Yeah. You know what? I got to say this. The show was so well-received when it came back during the pandemic. Like, if I were Fox, I'd be thinking, you know, 
we have SmackDown right now on Friday nights, but there's a situation where the WWE just got about close to over a billion dollars from NBC Universal to have the WWE Network on Peacock. And there's the possibility that maybe because of this, NBC Universal may end up eventually buying the WWE. So when SmackDown probably comes up to renewal, Fox might not get it. So if in the future you have like two hours to fill, maybe Roller Games would be like perfect for that Friday slot. Like a new, a new, not like the uh, eighty nine ninety show. No, like a full, new version. Full reboot. Full reboot. Full reboot. Full on reboot. Now you see, I don't know if that would work on a Friday night. It, it's just Roller Games comes across as more like, as we said earlier, like Saturday afternoon fair. Maybe yeah. just in my opinion. But uh, you know what? They did American Gladiators in prime time, and it worked for like one season. So yeah. Oh, you mean future installments? The yeah. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, brother. That's going to be for another episode, though. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about the 2008 reboot of American Gladiators. Brother. It wasn't the original version of Mike, Adam, Wayne, and Larry Zonka, but I mean, you're never going to recapture the magic from that. No. <laughs> No, you're not. Was there really magic involved? Or yeah. was it like dark yes. sorcery? Oh, no. But they were great. I mean, not as great as Chuck Underwood and David Sam's on roller games, but they were still great. He's not wrong. Uh, your mileage may vary. He's yeah. not wrong. Like, at all. Oh, no. Well, unless we have anything else, I think that's roller games in a nutshell. Yep. Yeah. It was a really decent, really solid waste of an hour in the late 80s and early 90s but during the pandemic it was a thing on tv oh i totally forgot i do have one more thing to add okay go ahead it's time for it was a thing on tv haiku corner oh oh now that you mentioned it i also have something for haiku corner oh good well, well we're, okay we're, okay we're, i get to i get to pick who who wins this we're, one we're, we're doing a haiku battle again haiku battle all right. Would you like to go first, or should I go first? You can go first. All right. Music, please. Thank you. Rock and roller games. Fake is a $3 bill. Alligator pit! That was pretty good. Okay, he was me. Rock and roller games. Little Ralphie and the Icebox. Watch out for gators. I'm going to concede to Greg. I like. I was just about to say, Greg wins that one. The icebox and Ralphie Valadares. <laughs> that, that wins right there. And also, watch out for watch gators. out for gators. Watch Not quite. Gators. Not quite as iconic as an ego where they were warned. Watch out for snakes. Who <laughs> that? Well. You have a haiku, and you have a haiku. I don't have an haiku. No. We know what you have. No. Yes, you do know what I have. Hit the music! Oh. We talked 
thoughts about this in the show? How would you like to own it? Oh, is this the Roller Games magazine? No. The magazine or the pinball machine? The pinball machine. Oh, okay. Now, remember, I almost bought one four years ago, so I know how much I would have paid for it. Hold up. Hold up, guys. I didn't mention this. But you know on the back of the Roller Games magazine, I posted on my Instagram, there's an ad for Black Knight 2000 on the back of the magazine. Yes. Did you call about? Mike I love Black Knight Two Thousand. Taking orders thirty years later. Oh, but well, but Mike about the T-shirt. Yeah, I would like to call that number. I hope it's not disconnected. It's oh. probably Wink Martindale sitting there. I've been sitting here for thirty-one years waiting for somebody to buy a shirt off of me. <laughs> oh, by the way, are you also calling about the Nick at Night Alfred Hitchcock murder mystery contest? No. <laughs> okay, so. Here's the description. Hard to find roller games pinball machine that has a restored cabinet. The game has been fully serviced and plays 100%. The playfield has been thoroughly cleaned and waxed with normal wear C pictures. New rubbers and LED light bulbs installed. Giggity. Also, the location must be tractor trailer accessible. Locks with keys for full access inside the machine. All rubber rings are replaced and all new light bulbs installed. Double giggity. Uh, Greg, you won the haiku battle, so you bid first. All right. Well, I know how expensive pinball machines are. So I'm going to go $2,000. Mike? Ooh, Greg put me in a bind. I thought he'd say some wacky, outrageous number. That's a good number. Man, if, if, if it's more than 2000 Man, I, I had a bargain on my hands four years ago. I'm going to go, this isn't the price I paid, but I'm going to go 1200 Well, the actual buy it now price for this Roller Games pinball machine. Oh, dear. Let's just say neither of us can afford it. It's $44.99. Well, no, no, hold on. The one that I was going to buy back four years ago was $1,700. Yeah. $4,500? $4, yeah. yeah, those Bally Midway games have gone up in price. And this is like... But this is like this triple is what fully, I was going to buy it for. What the heck? This is a fully refurbished model, too. So Yeah, that's probably the one I was looking at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's refurbished. All new rubbers, and it plays 100%. Yeah. I'm never gonna get tired of saying that. Well, I was I was originally gonna bid fifteen hundred because I'm usually on like the TNT Amusements website. And I'm always looking at the prices of their pinball machines, and I thought, eh, two thousand is pretty conservative bet. Oh my well, gosh! I'll tell you right now that backboard display. Oh yeah, the backboard, the um, the translite is amazing. Yes, it the, is. You got the T-Bird twins on there. Oh, it's fantastic. It is amazing. T-Bird twins. Well, you know what we made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. But you know what else is amazing? Our website. It was a thing on TV.com. There you'll find all of our previous episodes, all the minisodes, more in our remastered series that Greg's working ever so diligently on. Oh, we just, we're going to put up on Wednesday, the 1983 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade remastered. With 
America's ass, Tom Ballard. And both America's asses were in, on the same float. Steve Wait, Rogers. Chris Evans, Chris Evans was on that same float? Not Chris Evans, but I mean, because Chris Evans probably would have been like two. But still, you have Steve Rogers and Tom Ballard on the same float. Mike, isn't that incredible? That's absolutely amazing. But in the meantime, you can follow us on all social media at It Was a Thing on TV. And do not forget to hit us up on YouTube. And while you're there, don't forget to like and subscribe. And when you do, hit the bell! In order to stay updated on future installments. Like the one we have on Thursday, which is not just one show. It's like three or four. It's like three or four shows. We were going to do this episode last year, but unfortunately, before we were going to do it, of course, during one of the tapings last year, we found out, unfortunately, about the passing of Regis Philbin. So we decided to bump this for next year so we could do The Neighbors. So now, this year, we're going to do this episode. Yep, and it is going to be a very good one. For one, I see somebody that I saw the other week on a rerun of Welcome Freshman. This is 11-year-old Chico talking. And, well, let's just say it almost made it to syndication, but it was stuck on cable. Yeah, pretty True much. Story. We'll explain it next time on It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone. Well, Get ready, go!